the one that's earning 14% is a Brazilian operation. Uh-huh. It's a community solar operation. It's active now, and they're expanding it. So basically, I can come up with 100 bucks. You can start with 100 bucks. Uh-huh. Put $100 down, and then from that point on, every month, I get I get a distribution, you know, basically based on how much money, that uh, on the fact that that solar plant is generating revenue. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes every month. And the, now, I personally would reinvest it right. because – even if you put $100, it's not a ton of money. So just reinvest it. If you put $100, and you can even do it monthly. So if you do $100 monthly, by the time it's on, by the time the um, the period of uh, their their uh, the investment cycle is done, so you start now and say it ends in 18 years, uh-huh. um, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna have close to $100,000 yeah. based on just $100. Yeah, you know? it's not gonna really like hit your wallet that hard because no, you know it's, it's not. It's, it's a little bit each month. And if you and some people I know some people have more money they'll put in a thousand a month. You know, mm-hmm. you put in a thousand a month um, over the course of you know 15 to 20 years. I mean, you do 20 years, you're close to a million dollars. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. I am Jason Williams, not Freer or Stutman. Um, I'm the managing editor of Wealth Daily, one of our free publications. And with me today, I have the illustrious Jeff Siegel. Illustrious. Jeff, the illustrious. I like that one. I used that yesterday <laughs> I, in a tweet. You did. I saw that. Thank you for that. <laughs> of course, man. Of course. Uh, Jeff is uh, another one of our editors here. Um, he's an investment analyst, um, and uh, he runs an investment service called Green Chip Stocks. Uh, and you can probably guess by the name that Green Chip Stocks is sort of about uh, investing in things that, you know, do good for, you know, the environment, the planet, society, while also making some money for yourself on the side. And, you know, I don't think anybody uh, can argue with with that, you know. Oh, people argue with me about that all the time. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure it, they do. It depends. I mean, I've gone to conferences where it's an environmental conference and someone will say something like, you know, why does it have to be about money, you know? And I'm just like, okay, do you work for free? You kind of thing, Valid you know? point. And then there's the other side of it, too, where people are just so uh, invested in this idea that if, you know, anything related to the environment is is bad for business, which is clearly not the case. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And so it's, it's yeah, I can't win, really. <laughs> it's tough. Kind of, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't yeah. there. It's that, uh, that catch-22. Like, well, why does it have to be about money if it's about the environment? Why does it have to be about the environment at all? Yeah, right? Uh-huh. I know. It's crazy, right? Well, it I was funny because I remember that this woman that asked me about that it was a solar conference. Uh-huh. And this was years ago. We we're talking about these new solar, this new solar cell technology. It was going to, you know, it's more efficient and it could be um, produced uh, much cheaper than what the way we had produced um, conventional solar cells. And it was just a really fascinating topic. Uh-huh. And we were talking about how the company was actively doing a raise because, you know, they had to expand their, their manufacturing capabilities. Right. Um, and this woman, she's like, I just don't understand, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to clean up the planet. Why does it have to be about money? Why can't we just do this? And, you know, in my head, I'm just like, well, who's we? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you going to donate to this? Do you know how many donations you would need to make this happen? And that's right. not really a viable business proposition, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, uh-huh. you know, everything, even... It's very easy for someone to look at all the bad things that happen in the world and say, well, it's because it's capitalism. Like capitalism, you know, provides us with medicine and food and and clean water. It's like, but, you know, I think so people are so embedded in this idea that, you know, you can't be a capitalist and an environmentalist at the same time, which I've proven time and time again is not true. Right. Um, 
yet still to this day, <laughs> you know, you should see some of the tweets I get from people. Very yeah. mean tweets. Oh, very mean <laughs> tweets, man. People get really mean on, on the internet. It's that anonymity. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. those, uh, uh, before, before it was so, uh, social media was, uh, was so widespread. I used to call them telephone tough guys. Yeah. We had a bunch of those at Morgan <laughs> yeah. Stanley, man. Yell at you over the phone. And then when you see them in person, they're like, oh, hey, how's yeah. it going? Good <laughs> yeah. to see you. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely internet tough guys out there. Yeah, too many of them. Uh huh, uh huh. But I mean, no, I mean, you, you know, and you prove this wrong time and time again with you know, um, you know, uh, investments like Tesla. I mean, shoot, Tesla's made people tons of money. It's yeah. also you know helped uh, helped reduce the number of uh, internal combustion vehicles out there on the road um, by like what millions? There's millions of Teslas out there now. And it's so crazy because when Tesla first came out. Like there were a lot of people on the left and a lot of environmentalists that loved Elon Musk, uh -huh. right? And he's like, oh, he's doing all this great stuff. And now they hate him because he's rich or he says stuff that they don't like. Uh -huh. But I'm like, you do realize if it wasn't for him, there would be no electric cars on the road today. Oh, for like, sure. Like he launched this whole yeah, thing. The entire industry. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of like, that. what do you want? I mean, uh -huh. you're not going to agree with everyone all the time. Yeah. But if he is making, you know, if he is providing um, a new form of personal transportation that is making, you know, the air cleaner and the water cleaner. It's like, why? Okay, maybe he said some stuff you don't like, but that doesn't change, like, his impact on the environment. Right. You know, no, definitely, definitely Why, why can't we? I don't understand. Like, I, he certainly tweeted things. I'm like, dude, that was kind of messed up. Uh -huh. But it doesn't mean that takes away from all the great things he's done. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like both of us come from uh, an era where you could disagree with somebody and still agree with them. You <laughs> right, know, like you could right. disagree with them on one thing and agree with them on something else. Yeah. Um, you know, and debate was a good thing and you could learn stuff from people that maybe had different opinions or, or views than you did. But yeah. uh, it seems like we're kind of getting away from that. Hopefully we can get back to it. You well, know? you know, it's interesting because I remember when I was young and I was in college, I was a you know, I was very, I mean, I've always been a pretty liberal guy, mm -hmm. um, but I was a hardcore Democrat, you mm -hmm. know, when I was in college and just learning about politics and policy. Um, and then as I got older, I just, I really started to see like, okay, like there's a lot of problems with both parties and right. I'm not sure I really like what's happening on either side. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And just through my own, I don't know, like interest in education and just researching things and seeing the world. And kind of coming to my own conclusion, saying, okay, well, maybe I'm not particularly happy with what happened under the Clinton administration. At the time, I, did, I, I guess I didn't know any better, uh -huh, you know? Right. And then as I got older, I realized, okay, this wasn't such a good thing. And it can happen on Republican side, too. Um, but, yeah, it's like I feel like I don't know if I was growing up today, would it be the same? Would I be in a situation where th there's so much vitriol? that I would I fall victim to it and 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 play along right. or would I fight it I really honestly don't know but yeah growing up there was always that honest debate I never really I would debate people all the time and it was never mean-spirited yep. yeah you know? yeah no definitely I, I i definitely understand i try and do it here and there but uh it usually ends up into me getting called names right. and then deciding that this just isn't worth it yeah um you know and i feel like a lot of people do that and you know it ends up in like self-censorship and things like that where you're just like i'm just not gonna say this because i don't want to have this argument yeah you know yeah. and uh it's, it's, a, it's a shame you know it's definitely a shame but i we're sort of getting off topic I yeah yeah to so... you, you know i've got you like the the, the green stock expert the uh, uh 
you know, alternative energy expert. And that's really wanted to, what I wanted to, uh, to talk with you today about is uh, alternative energy because you've been, you know, uh, I mean, you've, you've been a, a big voice, you know, a big supporter of that, you know, from the, from the very get-go pretty yeah. much. And, um, you know, have made a lot of money or helped your subscribers make a lot of money, have made a lot of money yourself by uh, making these kinds of investments. And, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing a divergence from, you know, traditional energy generation methods, you know, using uh, oil and coal and natural gas. And while they still make up, you know, the, the vast majority of how we, you know, generate electricity, it's become more and more clear that, you know, the future is going to be a much more varied mix right. um, with a lot more, um, <clears throat> I guess, uh, uh, a lot less dominance of fossil fuels. You know what I mean? They're right. probably still going to be part of the mix. Um, sure. You know, they're they're great. They're, you know, in a lot of cases cheap. Um, so that's good for, you know, developing countries. Um, but, you know, in like Western countries, we're already seeing where, you know, solar, uh, more new solar is coming on than coal. And like solar is providing right. more power than coal. And coal, you know, I live in West Virginia now and coal provides 80% of the power for West Virginia, yeah. which is kind of interesting, right? Because like one or two years ago, it provided 100% of the power. So while people may give West Virginia some crap for like being 80% coal, it's made more progress than most states in the entire country. Uh, because oh, in terms of yeah, the percentage, in terms yeah. of the percentage that it's cut. <laughs> it, you know, it's interesting to go back though. You, you, you mentioned something about um, in emerging economies and how like fossil fuels would play. Uh, I guess, I'm assuming like you're suggesting it be like a larger role because of the the cost. Right, the okay. cost. Yeah. And I push back against that a little bit uh -huh. in that. It's actually, you know, it depends on where you are in which, which so like it, to give you an example in Africa, Africa's a massive continent. Um, we have seen that uh, solar and storage and wind is actually cheaper mm -hmm. um, to uh, integrate, not either, either into a grid or they have like, you see more microgrids now in Africa. Uh -huh. um, because the, the one of the main reasons for that is you don't have to transport the resource, right? You know, um, and the because solar and wind have the the manufacturing costs of those have and installation costs have dropped so dramatically. We're now at a place where it's pretty even. Mm -hmm. um, and if and again, if you're in the right climate, it's it's um, superior to fossil fuels. Right, right, um, definitely. It, it's but that has been that has come up in a lot of recent um, discussions I've had with people that are saying, well, you know, India is taking all this oil from Russia. That doesn't that doesn't discount the um, the cost advantages of uh, let's say well oil's not because oil is a transportation fuel so it's, it's not really right to tr to compare that to right. utility scale mm -hmm. power um, but that doesn't mean that India is not pursuing more renewable energy integration which it absolutely is right right um, <clears throat> I think you know we, it will be a consistent mix for mm -hmm. the foreseeable future. But coal is going to continue to lose um, a, a lot of market share, uh, and natural gas, from the data I've seen, is pretty much has peaked or will peak within the with, before the end of the decade. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean it's going away, um, but again, because it is becoming so cheap to use solar right. and to use wind and to use battery storage, um, that the idea of having baseload power. Is not it's not going to be as concerning in twenty years uh -huh. um, because we do because have of storage, storage right. and because we do have smart technology that allows you to deploy solar at a certain time or wind at a certain time or natural gas at a certain time. So storage or baseload power, it's 
for now, obviously, it's still part of what we do and we need it. Um, but the traje- trajectory that we're looking at, and we'll be old. We'll okay. be so old when this happens. Um, but eventually, it's, it's going to be primarily solar, wind, nuclear, mm-hmm. storage, mm-hmm. Um, and probably some other things, too, right. peppered in there. Lots of new uh, um, efficiency and conservation measures um, that will not require us to produce as much power. Right. Because we're because we're using it in a more efficient way. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're in a weird place right now. It really is. It really is. One of the companies that uh, we invested in in uh, my uh, microcap investing service, Future Giants, um, <clears throat> they have what uh, I've been calling the Newton battery, yes. which is like a gravity storage system, uh, gravity energy storage system. And it works very similar to hydropower or, or more similarly to pumped hydro, which, right. you know, pumped hydro for anybody out there that, that isn't familiar with it is basically you have a reservoir at the bottom of a hill and a reservoir at the top of a hill. When you generate energy, you use that that energy to pump the water up to the top. When you need the energy, you release it through turbines and it flows down to the bottom. You know, you use gravity. Nobody's got a monopoly on gravity, but there are places, like you said, location is important where, you know, there isn't access to liquid water, uh, you know, where it's really cold, the water freezes, um, where it's really dry, there just isn't water that you can use for that. So this company basically figured out a way to to, to use weights instead of water. Right. Um, but one of the, uh, what I'm seeing as we continue to follow this company is one of their, their most popular offerings, and maybe even more popular than this uh, gravity energy storage system, is the technology that they have developed that helps you more efficiently deploy the energy that you've stored, mm. you know, and sort of like, okay, like now it's time to switch to the natural gas. Nope. Now we need to pump this solar energy onto the grid. And, uh, they've been getting lots and lots of partnerships for that, you know? So, you know, it's like you said, it's the, the efficiency of how we use the energy, uh, versus, you know, how, how we used to, you know, use it and just I, like, Oh, get it out there. Yeah. I love that you've been writing about the Newton battery because it is so superior um, to what we use today in terms of storage. And it's always, I've always kind of boggled my mind that it hasn't, that we didn't see it sooner because it's not like the technology, we needed like some kind of special new technology no. to make it happen. No, pumped hydro has been around for decades, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe even centuries. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but the great thing about the Newton battery is like, uh, or, or what do you call it, Newton battery or storage? Uh, I don't. I, I call it the Newton battery. Newton battery, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's basically. But it's, it's, it, it's not really technically a battery. It's it's. But an that's the storage that's the system. important thing, right? Because and, and I listen. Stationary batteries are going to be a huge part of of our of our grid and our energy economy going forward. But they still require massive amounts of resources, where the Newton battery doesn't need that. Right. It's a very significant cost advantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited to see kind of the expansion of this model. Yeah, one of the things I thought was really cool about it, and uh, actually something that uh, I was talking about at the marina, uh, where I keep my boat the other weekend, is that um, there's a marina right down the river where, you know, basically if you have a like a derelict boat, you know, something that maybe sunk, uh-huh. and you raised it back up, and it's covered with barnacles, it's, you know, it, the, the everything's been inundated by water, you just can't fix this boat they can take this boat and they have this huge grinder and they can run it through a fiberglass grinder grind it all up and then that stuff goes into building products and you know like helps to to provide you know uh filler for like concrete and Mm -hmm. things like that and that's something that they do with the newton battery you don't have to use any particular thing you just have to have something heavy so say you know um your wind turbine's been up for like 20 or 30 years and it needs to be replaced. Well, you can take that wind turbine and like sort of crush it up and make a Newton battery out of it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's really cool, you know? And, um, 
I thought that was awesome. I love the, uh, uh, my neighbor called it upcycling. Upcycling, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very, I mean, it's becoming more common. Um, I think that particularly for people that are environmentally conscious and they think about these things, that's also an advantage of Newton Battery too, Mm -hmm. is because, again, not just the cost factor that goes with having the resources for batteries, but mining, you know, for cobalt or lithium or whatever it may be, even if it's if it's done in the most responsible way, it mm-hmm. still has an environmental burden that is um, much heavier than what you would find in a new battery. Oh, very true. Do you, do you think that's going to – I'm just curious what your thoughts on that because I'm just wondering if there are individual countries that are looking at it like, okay, we need to meet certain environmental goals – is this going to help us? And maybe there's support on on the policy level. Have you seen that at all? I mean, I'm sure there is some of that. Um, I, I'm seeing more, you know, just the interest in in the fact that you know it's something uh, it's something different. You know, it can be linked to this software that helps them, you know, really deploy the the energy more efficiently. Um, but definitely, it it helps. You know, when you count you know, the carbon footprint outside of the immediate area, right. you know, it definitely helps reduce that. Um, you know, and I know the Saudis uh, uh, want to use it. They're building this huge solar field. I think it's called the Guar solar field or something like that. It's going to be like the biggest solar field in the world. It's supposed to be able to generate enough yeah. power to like to, to, to power like 4.6 million homes. Crazy. And they want to use this to store the energy from it. And it's basically just this huge building with, you know, these towers inside that the weights are stacked and, and right. lowered and stacked and lowered. Um, but, you know, really cool. Well, you know, it's also like, and I, again, we were talking about this earlier, you know, get, getting hassled by some environmentalists. I often say that, yeah, I mean, you we can consider carbon footprints. That's fine. But there's a lot more involved here. I mean, it's just overall, it's pollution. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so maybe if you utilize a stationary battery from a, a carbon footprint perspective, it's still probably going to be better than... Um, natural gas, if you're using natural gas as a backup oh, yeah. or storage. Right. Um, but think about the damage you do to the soil, to the water, when you when you mine for cobalt, for instance. Oh, you know? So again, we're looking at this Newton battery, and it's just like, it's not just the carbon footprint, but it's also, you know, how how is this better for our water, for our, our soil? I mean, arable land is a hot commodity these mm-hmm. days because there's so little of it left, yeah. you know? So They don't make any more of it either. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, you kind of can. We could, we could um, I mean, obviously you can, you can, um, you know, soil can be replenished, but it takes centuries oh, yeah. to do that. Yep. You know, I live up near a bunch of farms and I work with some local farmers. It's something I do for a hobby. And um, a lot of the farmers up there, they call themselves dirt farmers mm-hmm. because they have to make sure that their soil is healthy. Oh, yeah. You know, and this one farmer I know, he's just like this land I have. He's like, I could never part with it because the soil is so healthy. And we've we, we the way he farms um, is a, in a regenerative way that that soil is still very, um, very valuable, uh-huh. you know. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think we're so quick to go right for the for the. Um, the carbon footprint or the, you know, the climate change angle, which is important. Um, but pollution is pollution, right? You know? Right. Definitely. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a, as there. you can see, I'm a big fan of the Newton battery. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Me too. Me too. I am. Um, and, uh, one thing that it's really good for is, you know, storing the energy that's generated by things like wind farms and solar fields, because, you know, as everybody likes to point out, the wind doesn't always blow. The sun doesn't always shine. That's something that they told me when I first put a solar panel on my uh, on my sailboat uh-huh. was that, hey, man, you know, we've been out where we've gone a week without the sun, but, you know, the wind would blow. 
Right. And we've been out where we've been stuck in places where there was no wind, but there was lots of sun. You should have a turbine too. You know, so so they were sort of saying, but obviously, you know, I have to have a battery bank for those things to charge so that when the sun's not shining, the wind's not blowing and I want that energy, I can get to it. Right. And that's sort of where the Newton battery comes into play is that like it can store that, that, you know, uh, like you said, baseload power um, <clears throat> or, or well, it's not really storing baseload power. It's storing that extra power so that it can supply when the, when the base, you know, load runs out. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, uh. That sort of ties into something that you recently shared with your readers, uh, which was a way to invest in uh, solar plants or solar fields, solar mm -hmm. farms, and earn income from them. And me, I run an income-focused advisory service where, like, that's literally all we're looking for right. is steady income streams, you know, to help grow our grow our portfolio, to reinvest, to live off of once we retire, and to find, you know. It's a private company. I love private companies yeah. because you get to avoid the swings of the stock market. Exactly. That's, you know, can be gut wrenching, which we all went through in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, now we're we're like, you know, everybody's really excited because the market's going up, but then it can go down again. And the nice thing about these private companies is they get revalued when they're sold, and they're either sold, you know, because they're so valuable that somebody wants to buy them, um, or they're just not sold, you know. And and I love the the distributions. You want to talk about that? A oh little well, bit? well, yeah. I mean, it's a great it's a great deal because. Basically, what it is, there are a number. There's one company that operates a number of solar farms across the con across the world, and they lock in a power purchase agreement with the local utility. Mm -hmm. So the utility comes along and says, "Okay, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars per kilowatt hour for the next 20 years." Mm -hmm. It's locked in, like that's the rate that yep. they pay. So the company says, "Okay, um, sounds good. This is what you're going to pay us." In order to either build, or in some cases they find older power plants that just need to be um, rebuilt, mm -hmm. um, they spend the money to um, to build them, rebuild them. Uh, if they have to be, um, you know, permitted a certain, they do all of that. And then the way they do that is they they find investors. Mm -hmm. Now, the, most of the people that invest in these solar uh, power plants are. They're institutional. They're institutional money. Right. So they come in and say, okay, maybe they need $10 million to set up this new solar solar power plant. Well, institutional money will probably cover like $8 million. Mm -hmm. And then they open up the other $2 million through a crowdfunding platform for anybody. You don't have to be accredited. Which you just is awesome because platform. usually you have to be a millionaire already right. to invest in these you know, money-making uh, uh, outfits. And it's a, honestly, that's how it was for a long time. And then there's a, a change to an SEC rule that happened a few years ago that made it possible um, to do this. Um, and so, yeah, so because they know how much money they're going to make over the next 15 to 20 years, they can say to the investor, okay, we know we're going to make this amount of money so we can – um, give you an, you know, it's still an estimate, like an estimated internal rate of return of whatever, 8%, 10%, one's even 14%. So, I mean, you're essentially saying, okay, the one that's earning 14% is a Brazilian operation. Uh -huh. It's a community solar operation. It's active now and they're expanding it. So basically I can come up with a hundred bucks. You can start with a hundred bucks, uh -huh. put a hundred dollars down. And then from that point on every month I get, I get a distribution, you know, Basically, based on how much money that uh, on the fact that that solar plant is generating revenue, mm -hmm. and and it comes every month. And the, now I personally would reinvest it right. because even if you put a hundred dollars, it's not a ton of money. So just reinvest it. If you put a hundred dollars, and you can even do it monthly. So if you do a hundred dollars monthly, by the time it's on, by the time the um, the period of uh, their their uh, the investment cycle is done. So you start now and say it ends in eighteen years. Uh -huh. um, 
you're, you're going to be, you're going to have close to a hundred thousand yeah. dollars based on just a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know? It's not going to really like hit your wallet that hard because no, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's a little bit each month. And if you, and, and some people, I know some people have more money, they'll put in a thousand a month, you mm-hmm. know, you put in a thousand a month, um, over the course of, you know, 15 to 20 years, I mean, you do 20 years, you're close to a million dollars. You and know. you've been collecting uh, income off that yeah. every single time. Every if you're time. reinvesting that, then yeah. you're just you know, capitalizing on that compound interest there. It's just, I love stuff like that because, A, obviously I'm a big solar fan, um, but there's the safety mechanism that mm-hmm. I really like. You know, I'm no like you said. No matter what happens in the stock market, I'm still getting my check. Right. You know. Right. And, and really, that's the, that's uh... how these guys make money. Like when you, we talk about like Elon Musk or Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos, like yeah, they all like Elon Musk has Tesla and you know SpaceX and and Jeff Bezos has Amazon. And clearly, like that's where their fortunes were built. Right. But they make a ton of money because they can go in and be like, okay, I'm going to put 10 million into this operation, and for the next 20 years, I'm going to earn, you know. 10, 12, 14% on that. And uh-huh. it's just every every month more money comes in. Obviously, you know, we may not have 10, 12 million dollars to invest in an operation, but it's the same mechanism. Yep. You know, and I don't think what a lot of people get that. It's like we look at Tes- uh, Elon Musk, like the richest guy in the world. He made all this money in Tesla. Well, yeah, he made a lot of money in Tesla, but just to remind you, every month he's getting a check from this utility company that, you know, because he invested in that project, which is wind, solar, natural gas, whatever it may be, he's getting that check. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can do it too. That's awesome. I yeah, love that's it. That's great. Yeah. And, and you look at it, um, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos might not be, you know, I mean, they're great examples because they are, you know, some of the richest people in the world. But you've got uh, a guy like uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett never founded a company himself. Right. You know, he bought right. Berkshire Hathaway. I think it was like a furniture company. And he kind of bought it. If I'm if I'm remembering correct, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me anybody. But I'm like, sure everyone will, hate, will, will leave very mean <laughs> tweets yeah, if yeah. you do. If I am wrong, definitely let me know in the comments section. But he Nicely. bought it sort of as like, a, like an FU, you know, like mm. where he wanted to invest in this company and they were like, we don't want your money. So once he had enough money, he basically like bought the company. Oh, and was okay. like, screw you guys. Nice. You're not a furniture company anymore you're an insurance company i love that uh, you know what <laughs> everybody wants to have that it's like that f you money yeah and uh you know i mean what's what's you know what good is it if every once in a while you don't say f you <laughs> um but you know warren buffett he's made his money by you know investing in companies and the majority of the companies that he invests in spin off income you know yeah. and uh all the guys on shark tank you know like we'll talk about like oh you know like i make money by you know starting private companies and things but when i invest in a stock I want it to pay me. You know? right. I don't want to have to just hope that the price goes up. I want to know that I'm getting paid. And that's exactly what you found here. Especially now. Yeah. I mean, you know how it is. It's, yeah. just, I, I, it's, it's so funny. You may get this too. Like people always ask me like, what's going on in the market? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. How could I possibly know what's going on? Yeah. Like it's just it's all a, it's all a mirage, you know. It, it it's all is, it's all it an is. illusion, uh-huh. you know. There's no safety. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you you could do really well. I mean, we've both done very well, mm-hmm. you know. But that doesn't mean there have been haven't been bumps along the oh, way. Yeah, it doesn't I've definitely mean had some stinkers money. too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had some great ones. But yeah, I have ones no, that I'm just too. like, oh man, I'd really like to pretend that never happened. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So isn't it nice to know? You say, okay, even though I screwed up with this one, every I, next month I'm getting my dividend check. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. 
It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. You know, I love that stuff, and I love the income. You know, um, I, I love the fact that this is a private company. I'm actually, I, I think I said this to my subscribers a while ago that I'm because I was sharing it with them. Okay. And I was like, I'm kind of jealous that he found it <laughs> and I didn't. But I'm not jealous enough that I'm not going to participate in it myself, and I'm certainly not jealous enough to not share it with people too, right. because it's just such a great investment. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's such a great thing, and and um, you know, I I don't care like you know what your what what you know whoever's listening what your thoughts are on like you know what causes climate change mm -hmm. you know what what is pollution what's not pollution i mean if you stand over a fire any fire and inhale it doesn't feel good so like you got to figure that can't be good for you know the planet either right you know so it's one of those things where where you know whether you you know uh whether you think that you know, that, that climate change is caused by, you know, by human um, activity or not, you know, you go out, you see all the plastic laying around on the side of the road or, right. you know, in my case, the side of the river when I go out on the boat or the kayaks. Um, you know, that's not good. That's not pretty. Nobody likes that. Yeah, nobody you know? wants so, that. So, I mean, you know, at, at cleaning up the planet, you know, is, is good for everybody, there, well, you know, and like figuring out ways to do things better right. is good for everybody. And you've shown time and time and time again that it can be really good for your bank account. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's funny now because it's when I think about solar and wind in particular, when I first started writing about it, yeah, like it was definitely definitely had that environmental angle to it. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's like it's so even the idea of alternative energy. Like I don't even use the word alternative energy because it's not alternative anymore. Right. It's such a huge part of our energy economy. So there are so many people now that are have been energy investors investors for decades. Mm -hmm. You know, and they made tons of money in oil and gas or coal or nuclear and. They're all in solar, mm -hmm. wind, storage, you know, all of that, because it's not it's not like, hey, this is good for the planet. It's like, hey, this is this is good for my portfolio. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely. Which definitely. obviously, again, like I'm a self-proclaimed tree hugger. Like I have I make no apologies for, you know, being an environmentalist. Um, but, you know, you have to be pragmatic, too. And, and it's just very interesting to see when I first started writing about this, how much pushback there was and the people that pushed back. They're all they're all in, you know, solar and wind and and all these other things now. Oh, definitely, because it's just like I said, it's just you cannot have uh, an energy portfolio mm -hmm. um, that's absent solar, wind, uh, storage. You know, you yeah. can't. No, you got to be diversified. You yeah. know, and and why cut yourself out of potential profits? Yeah, you know, I mean, especially with you know, all the money that goes towards that stuff. I mean, you see private money. You know, billions and billions of dollars in private money you know, hundreds of billion dollars in, you know, public funding, right. tax, uh, tax breaks, you know, subsidies and things like that. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that we say a lot, you know, in investing that like, you know, you shouldn't fight the trend. Right. Exactly. You know? Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I think it was a bloom. I think it was Bloomberg that put this data out. I'm not sure, but I, I, I it may have been Bloomberg. So this year, and this blew me way away when I saw this, this year, every day, $1 billion will be invested in solar. Wow. Wow. For those of you who are unfamiliar with how many days are in a year, that's $365 <laughs> billion this year alone. This year. That is mind-boggling. That just that's blows huge. me away. Yeah, that's It's tons. like a billion, not a million, a, a billion. billion. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Every single day. I'd take a billion dollars a day. Hell yeah. I'd take it just once. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if I take it just once, you guys will never hear me on this podcast. No, right. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. I'll totally come back and do this podcast. Well, but, that, but that's the thing. It's like you think about a billion dollars a day. It's like even if you don't understand solar or if you don't – even if you think – it, even if you look at solar like, ah, it's just some kind of environmental thing. It's like – 
If there's a billion dollars a day being invested, and it's not a billion dollars from retail investors. Mm -hmm. These are funds. These are family offices. You know, these are the Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos of the world. Right. You know, like, I mean, listen, I've done very well for myself, but I'm not anywhere near as smart as a Warren Buffett or a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. So if they're doing it, I'm like, oh, that must be a good idea. Right, right. <laughs> that is definitely, you know, you want to follow follow the the guys that know what they're doing, yeah. you know, and who have proven that they know what they're doing over and over again. Yeah. And yeah, it's worked out really well for you. It's worked out yeah. well for your readers, <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, it's worked out pretty well for me so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, that, that is, that's a mind-boggling number, a billion dollars a yeah. day. I mean, is there any other, you know, industry in the world that's, that's getting that kind of funding and I, I really so oil think... and gas had for a very long time uh-huh. um, and I think this is the first year that um, it will renewable energy as a, not just solar but renewable energy will exceed that of oil and gas in terms of investment this is the first year that that's happening that's impressive um, but it's so I, I again I, I don't really like to do those comparisons too much because mm-hmm. like gas you can say okay gas is utility scale power that's fine but oil it's transportation fuel, right. so it's never it, again. It never made sense to me to say we're going to compare solar or wind to oil because it's just two different animals. Right. It know? definitely is. It definitely is. You know, I mean, you're you're absolutely right that it's a transportation fuel, and the natural gas always sort of gets lumped in there because it's it's often a byproduct of oil production. Right. You know, and and for a long time, people used to just flare that stuff off. You know, they were like, "Oh God, we got more natural I gas know. coming up." I know. Ah, just like, Spark the lighter, flare that stuff off, get rid of Isn't it. We don't crazy? need it. It is. It's really crazy. You know, you think about all of the energy that was wasted and yeah. all of the, you know, all the, because, you know, we it has led to a lot of uh, uh, greenhouse gas reduction, you know, switching from coal to natural gas. And, you know, we're going to continue that, uh, that, that pattern going forward where, you know, more coal plants come offline, but instead of being replaced solely by natural gas plants, being replaced by, by, uh, uh wind farms and by solar fields and, you know, by big, uh, energy storage systems, yeah. either battery energy storage or stuff like the Newton battery, um, pumped hydro, uh, hydropower, mm-hmm. um, in general, you know, hydro is tough now because, because of all these extreme weather events right, happening, the, the droughts, and yeah, it's, it's making it very difficult for hydro and also for nuclear. Because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously nuclear is always situated near like a body of water, ocean right, or cooling. a river or something. Um, except I think in Arizona, it, they cool, I could be wrong, but I think they cool it with um, from a sewage treatment plant, okay. which is actually very smart. That is, that um, is. But yeah, so lack of water... Um, is also an, an issue because you need water for power plants. You need it for natural gas. You need it for coal, and you need it for nuclear. Um, you need a small amount for solar and wind. Uh-huh. Um, not nearly as much as you would need for coal, for instance, right. or nuclear. Uh-huh. So that's another advantage as we acclimate to kind of the new normal of these extreme weather events. Right, right. Yeah. Which is why I guess you know, um, in like you were saying, in certain locations and in, in uh, like places like Africa, why you know solar and wind are such you know, a much more viable option because, you know, you get into, you know, north of the Sahara or, you know, northern Africa and it's basically a desert, you know, it's, it's very dry you know, yeah. there's, there, and there's a lot of wind. You, you can see that from like dust storms and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's perfect there, but, you know, you don't have a lot of water. So it's tough to do the coal. It's tough to do the nuclear. It's tough to do the uh, uh, to do the oil. Or I mean the gas. We should right, say the oil. Right. You know. And I've always thought that the tra- the the distribution of these um of these resources was always something that didn't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, well, maybe it costs X amount of dollars to produce natural gas, but you still have to move it. 
Right. You right. Know, either it um, has to go in a tanker truck or a right. tanker ship or, you know, through pipelines. And you mm-hmm. have to build those pipelines and you have to build roads for the uh, for the vehicles. You have to, you know, build canals, dig canals for the for the ships. Right. Uh, right. You know, so there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it, whereas this is put it there and then use it. There was an analysis done back in the late 90s about oil uh-huh. and what the um, not just externalized costs, but they they. they figured into the equation one of those things was distribution mm-hmm. and the protection of shipping lanes oh yeah so what it cost the US Navy to protect shipping lanes and when they did the when when they came to the 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 dollar amount they said okay if you figure all this into the equation and it was a very they did it was a very meticulous the way they did I mean they drilled down to everything uh-huh. Um, and I think it came to like your gas at the tank was going to cost you something like 16 or 17 dollars a gallon wow. You know, because so many of those costs are, uh, you know, they're externalized or they're, you know, they're sub- they're subsidized. So you don't, you're still paying it, right, right. but you don't realize you're paying. Right, yeah, we're know? definitely paying for the U.S. Navy, but, you know, we're not paying for it at the pump. We're right. paying for it, you know, when we file our 1040s and things well, and, like that. And that was my, one of my biggest arguments when people talk about electric cars versus internal combustion. It's like, internal combustion, it's still cheaper. I'm like... Technically, I don't think it is uh-huh. because if you do figure all those into the equation, all those... Um, those elements in the equation and let's say for example we had to pay sixteen dollars a gallon at the pump there would be no uh money from the infrastructure deal going to electric cars because the market would have allowed electric cars right. to be the 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 primary choice of transportation oh yeah oh yeah you know and it makes That's that big a of a difference big you know fan of letting the free market work we obviously mm-hmm. don't have a real free market because i would argue that if we did we'd all be driving electric cars mm-hmm. and have really nice public transportation as opposed <laughs> to the dog shit that we have in this country <laughs> yeah, you know nice. and i'm sure you've been all over the world right i mean uh-huh. you've seen how public transportation works in like germany or sweden or, or switzerland i mean i remember being in switzerland and the the trains were so on time. If it said, okay, 2.05, like when it hit 5, two, on a 2.05, the train would be coming in. It was pulling in, yeah. And you had 30 seconds to get on that thing. Uh-huh. And if you weren't on it, it's gone. Sorry, you're not messing with our schedule, pal. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, in Japan, there was like, I think there was a guy about a year ago that one of the one of the train um, uh, driver, I don't know call them drivers or conductors or whatever, um, like lost his job because they were a few minutes late. Wow. Yeah, and it was like they're so serious about that shit. They're wow. like, don't mess with this. I lived in New York for a while. We wouldn't have any conductors in New York if that were the case, man. They were always late. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Always. She's always late, or sometimes uh-huh. it doesn't even show up. Sometimes they would be so late that they would end up getting back on time. You know, where like they were so late that like the next train was supposed right. to be arriving when the first train finally got there. And I'm like, well, I guess technically you're now back on schedule. So you were there for the three o'clock train, but it should have been three thirty. But there's a three thirty one train. Exactly. So you're like, oh, sweet. So it's early. Yeah, this one was early, I guess. No, no, it was actually late. It was really late. Um, yeah, no, it was terrible. I remember there were definitely times there where I would like, you know, be sitting there in the subway station and be like, man, is it worth waiting the 45 minutes that it might take for this train to get here? Or should I just that, go pay yeah. six? $60 for a cab to get like, you know, 20 blocks. I do. I love, <laughs> I love the bikes in New York now. Oh uh, yeah. Those the bikes are, the are definitely nice. And they have the I electric rode, ones I now too. A lot. Oh really? Yeah. That's awesome. Cause New York is hilly. I was always really sweaty when I got to places yeah. where I was riding my bike. Well, it's also nice too with the electric ones because, um, you know, I, I you know, especially when you're dri- when you're riding your bike down like around uh, Penn station, that area, uh-huh. there's really like people just 
all over the place. So you have electric bikes. So if you see somebody coming, you can speed up a uh-huh. lot quicker. It's, uh-huh. I think it's safer. You no, know, because I mean, I love riding a bike in New York because it's so much, it's so much easier than waiting for a train, mm-hmm. and it's a lot cheaper than using you know an Uber or oh, a yeah. taxi. And you, you know? actually get to see stuff when you're you know on the bike as yeah. opposed to like seeing the the inside of the train and the you know the inside of the tunnels when you're on the subway or you know basically the inside of the car when you're in the car. I have to say though, there, there's being on a train in New York is also fun too. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, it if you're in the mood, time for that novelty to wear off on me, where you know I would go down and get on the subway and be like, oh, this is so awesome, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's another man. another talk for another day. But I did. But um, yeah, public, I always thought that public transportation was an was an interesting, uh, uh, interesting thing to talk about um, because it ha- it does work so well in some parts of the world and not here. And uh-huh. The question is why doesn't it work so well right, here? And there's right. enough. But we could we could have time for that today. Oh, yeah, it would be an interesting hours conversation hours about that. But we yeah. definitely should. We should come back and do another podcast. I would for love that. that. But we've yeah. already you know we've talked a bunch. And I know I can talk for hours, but there's only so long I can listen for. <laughs> so I got to assume you guys out there are the same way. Um, so you know let's uh, let's you know end this for today. And Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming on. We're gonna put um, some links down in the description below the uh, the video um, and uh, below the audio so that you can click on them. You can learn more about uh, Jeff's private solar royalties. You can learn a little bit more about my Newton battery. You can learn more about both of us and our experience. And um, you know, please, if you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, subscribe to our channel. Like the, uh, you know, like the video, like the podcast, drop some comments. If you yeah. have questions, things you'd like to us, like us to address on a future I would one. Love that. If I was wrong about Warren hey. Buffett, definitely <laughs> let me know. I, I do, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to hearing when I was wrong. I don't like hearing when I was wrong. You know, I don't think anybody does, but, but you know, I don't want to continue it. to be wrong. Listen, so if, 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 totally if, I, entertain it. if I said something that you think I'm way off base, leave it, I mean, leave it in the comments. Don't, don't be a dick about it, but just be like, you know, just say, hey, listen, you know, I think you're, 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 ina- you're you know, you're not accurate on your thoughts about, you know, the cost of, of uh, oil, you know, or whatever it may be. Like, let's have a, a reasonable conversation. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. We can address it on another podcast. Yeah. Hey, maybe somebody's got, like, some really good insights, and we can invite them in, you know, to, to be with us I on here. I love that. So, Jeff, thank you again for, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, just one more reminder, you know, su- subscribe to our channel. Hit the bell to get notified of when we post new content. And uh, if you've got any questions, comments, opposing points of view, drop us a comment. Just as Jeff said, don't be a dick about it, you know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to uh, – to you know continue the conversation and and maybe even have a little bit of a lively debate yeah that'd be great all right awesome. well thanks again thanks everybody for listening take care